What's up everybody, Bradley Allen here for MSU Impact Sports. This is episode 6 of Secret Society, and I brought back Ultimate Frisbee, Burning Couch, the men's team, for an encore episode to talk a little bit more about their season and about their team. I also want to make a few announcements just in general about club sports. I want to say congratulations to the Michigan State Women's Club Volleyball Team, the green team, who took home the crown at the Red Cedar Invitational this past weekend. Look forward to following them as they go on to nationals and also hopefully have them on the show if I can get a hold of them. Women's Club Volleyball, also Men's Club Volleyball. Love to have you guys on the show. Also the Michigan State Dodgeball Team gearing up for nationals here in a couple of weeks. Love to have them on the show as well. In the next couple of weeks, I got a few more shows coming up. One with Michigan State Pon Pon and also a Quidditch World Cup preview coming up. Should be very exciting as we roll into the later part of the spring semester and the summer. And if you're a part of a club sport and would like to be featured on Secret Society, be sure to contact us. I would love to have you on the show. I would love to learn more about your sport. Fencing, I'm talking to you. But without further ado, I'll give you episode six. Ultimate Frisbee Returns, the encore episode. Secret Society. All right, welcome to episode six of Secret Society. I am Bradley Allen, your host, and I'm sitting here with the gentleman who put Secret Society on the map, the Ultimate Frisbee Club Burning Couch, with their captain, Max Bomarito, and I also have some of their players, Eitan Spivak, I hope I pronounced that right, Michael Giles, and Josh Fendrick. Thanks for coming on, guys. I wonder if you guys know that February 15th was when the episode was released for episode one of Secret Society, and it was the most trafficked uh, piece of content on Impact Sports website for the month of February. I'm not surprised at all, actually. <laughs> not surprising to me. Right? Something around 400 hits. So you guys, the community of Ultimate is huge, especially here at Michigan State, and I'm really excited to have you guys on again. And uh, for those of you who don't know Max, he's the captain of the team. And uh, he's back on again, and we have some new guys here. So I'll give you guys a chance to introduce yourselves and tell us a little bit about yourselves and how you got involved in Ultimate. Well, like you said, I'm Max Bonarito. Uh I'm a first-year captain, a junior uh, here at Michigan State. I am a handler, uh, and this is my second year on couch. I'm Michael Giles. <laughs> I'm, a, I'm a man of few interests. I like my Bob Marlin. I like turnups a lot, and uh, I'm actually the creator of the IO Scuba, so <laughs> there's that. No, but I play, I, uh, I've been playing for about, this would be my third year, but last year didn't really count because I was injured the whole time. <laughs> so, yeah, and I started on Riot Control, which is the B team, and now I'm on Burning Couch. So tell me about your injury. What happened that had you sidelined on your um, second year? So I pulled my hamstring a couple times, and that wasn't good because I was out for the whole year. But um, And I've been kind of struggling with injuries ever since, which kind of s- sucks. But but you're back to full strength? And nah. <laughs> not right now. No, I'm not. But um, I'm going to play this weekend, um, but yeah. It's, I mean, it's tough. It's, it's a lot of work. <laughs> it never stops either, too. Season never stops, so. 
Okay, Aton. Uh, I'm Aton. Um, I actually started playing in uh, high school. I started a club team there, and um, ever since I knew I wanted to play for the Burning Couch at MSU. This is my second and a half year in the program. I started a little late my freshman year, uh, so second year on couch, and I'm a handler as well. And Josh Fendrick. Yeah, uh, I'm Josh. Uh, this is my third year in the program. I spent two years on Riot. This is my first year on couch, and like Aton, I also started playing in high school. We both hail yeah. from Ann Arbor. We actually played a, against each other. Yeah, his team was day. a lot better than mine. But mm. yeah, so started playing my senior year of high school and spent two years in Riot, and now I'm here playing for couch. We actually all, all played on Riot. Yeah, freshman year. Yeah. So that's a pretty interesting So if you have no Frisbee experience and are scared to play with us, don't be. Come out and play for our B team and get better like we all did. Or you could play this summer for Bob Marlin, mixed team, <laughs> yeah, in East also Lansing. Also, other opportunities, yeah, if you're going to be around East Lansing this summer, we'll have a, a mixed team that's really open to all skill levels, all ages, and uh, hopefully we'll be doing our summer league again. And that's just a lot of opportunities to really get involved if you're even thinking about it. That all comes back from the to the ultimate community, you know. There's there's opportunities at all levels, all skill levels, for people who want to get involved with the community. Right. You guys have men's, and there's a women's team as well. And as was mentioned on the first episode, you guys have two teams. You have Riot Control, as you mentioned before, is your sort of developmental team for new people. And you guys have all advanced to Burning Couch, which is the, it's, I guess you could call it the varsity team the travel team, yeah. competitive team, yeah. Yeah. and you've gone to a couple tournaments already this year. Qu- <laughs> Queen City Tune-Up was your first tournament of this semester. You also played in another tournament after that, correct? Eastman's Qualifier, yeah, in uh, Axton, Virginia. And then also we had High Tide, which was well, our spring break tournament. <laughs> that wasn't an official uh, couch tournament. That's uh, High Tide was our... Uh, kind of bonding experience uh, for all of the teams at Michigan State, which is a tournament over spring break in uh, Brunswick, Georgia. Uh, it was a lot of fun. We, all four of us I went, yeah. which is which was a great experience, at least for me. Goofed around. Yeah, it wasn't that fun for me. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. I had a blast. It was a lot of fun. It was a lot of fun. It was my favorite spring break, I think, maybe. It was a nice uh, change of pace, you know, yeah. normally we're taking everything so seriously, but now we just got to, you know, goof around and just have fun playing and being around everyone. Yeah. That's great, and I also wanted to talk about what you guys have upcoming. I know you have a couple really competitive tournaments coming up in this next month and this next weekend, actually. You have the Chicago Invite, which we talked about on the first episode, so you guys will be leaving for that this weekend, going down to Illinois. Huge tournament, there's going to be... A lot of teams there. How many teams are going to be there? It's 64, 64 men's. Yeah, it's the biggest tournament by number of teams in the world, I believe. In the world? In the world. Yeah. So what are your guys' plans, and what what are you guys looking forward to for this tournament? Do you know who you're going to play, yeah. what you're expecting, and what are your goals? The pools uh, have gone through a couple different seedings, so we're not exactly sure if it's final yet, uh, but... We know pretty much the teams they're attending. There's going to be there are going to be some pretty good teams there. You know, Western's going to be there. Western Michigan, Oregon State, uh, Missouri, Kansas, Missouri and Kansas. Case Western's going to be there. So far yeah. in our pool, which I'm, it might be 
Solid? No. I don't know. You don't Ohio know? Wesleyan. Ohio Wesleyan's in, in our pool along with Missouri and Case Western. Wait, is is uh, Missouri better than Case? Missouri's the top seed. We've never seen Missouri play. Case is good. Case is good. We played Case earlier this but, year. Yeah, so the way that Chicago Invite is structured is that they put the eight best teams in the top two pools and then they kind of layer it off by skill level. So I guess you could call them power pools. So we'll be playing be- the better teams and as a result, where we have a better chance of being or moving advancing into the champions bracket. So if we do well on Saturday, which I'm anticipating we will, then we'll get to play more high quality opponents Sunday and have a chance to take home the title. And is that your goal? Are you guys going there with hopes of winning the championship? And if you do, how does that set you up for your sectional tournaments and your regional tournaments? Is we want to get third, actually, right? We want to get third. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, for me, uh, like we, I mean, whenever we go into a tournament, we always want to win. That's just kind of you. Ha- that's kind of how you have to play. You play to win the game. But for me, at this late stage in the game, I think getting that last bit of chemistry before the stuff that's really important, which is uh, conf- or sectionals and regionals and possibly nationals. Um, that's what I'm looking most forward to this week is just getting because I mean Chicago is a really fun tournament, but there's it's there's not enough good good teams to really make any noise unless this later part in the year. So there's a couple reasons we go to tournaments and go to tournaments before sectionals and regionals. Um, the first would be to earn a bid for our region. Um, that, that means earning a bid to nationals. If you have more than one team placed in the top 20 in the final rankings, you get more bids to nationals. And uh, so that's pretty important for the regionals picture. And then another reason would be, like Giles said, to get team chemistry, to work out, out all the kinks in the team. You don't really uh, get enough good experience from just scrimmaging yourself in practice over and over. You have to see different looks. You have to see different teams. And so that's why we go to these tournaments is uh, pretty much just tune-ups for sectionals and regionals. Um, so we're not just going there cold and don't know what we're doing. Have you guys experienced any growing pains or anything like that going on in these tournaments? I know you had spring break, uh, that tournament, which seemed to be more fun and relaxed. But on these serious tournaments, do you really see your players, especially the new ones, start to get better and more prepared for the serious matchups when you come down to do or die sectional tournaments when you're playing for the championships? We're definitely seeing a lot of growth as a team. Um, it's kind of an interesting year. Uh, I would say it's more somewhat of a rebuilding year where no one on the team has played more than one full year on the burning couch. So definitely a lot of growing pains, um, but we're definitely definitely improving going into the latter of the season. It's a, It always amazes me how quickly people improve, especially rookies. Um, you look at guys who couldn't even, you know, they didn't even know where they were on the field at the beginning of the year, and now they're making big contributions to the team. Um, so that's really good to see. It means that our hard work is paying off. Like Aton said, I think we have had a lot of growing pains and just chemistry issues. Not, a lot of guys aren't really sure, you know, what their role on the team is and, you know, sometimes people do try to do too much sometimes people try to do too little and so that's a lot of the problems that we've been having uh this year uh hopefully you know that's what we're trying to fine-tune right now just to get ready and uh an interesting comparison is 
in certain ways, doing these tournaments is kind of like going through what MSU basketball went, where the more reps you give the guys that wouldn't normally play, the more they're going to be useful like later on in the season, come around in these big-time moments. So hopefully that'll be something that we can come away with, especially this weekend. Is uh, as far as I know, I think we're going to be bringing a full squad, right? No one is. Most, yeah, for the most part. No one's actually. really severely injured. Yeah. And no one. Do you has, know anyone not going? Yeah. So. I don't know. I don't think so. <laughs> <laughs> so this will be this will be a great a great chance for us to really come together as a team and make some noise. It's also it's kind of interesting because the way I've seen it is there's kind of two ways to go about it in the spring season. You can either if you think you're like really good, you're gonna try to get your. You can either go to try to get as high of a ranking as you can, or you can do the other route and kind of let your whole team get better, do equal playing time for everybody, and try to get your whole team better for when you get to regionals and that and regionals. So you can tr- try to get to national. So you peak at the end of the year rather than maybe peaking at like a certain t- tournament or whatever. So. Right, you know, so it's kind you, of a balance. If you guys are going all out in this tournament in, in Chicago this weekend and you're trying to get play the best, win all the games, and you're worn out. It's you could injure you people down. or, you know, people could get burned out and stuff, so it's and, kind of you know, yeah. if if you only play seven guys, then you have a risk of what yeah. happens at regionals when two of them go down. Yeah. And you bring in two guys who don't haven't played much. That's that's why we really want to get experience across the board, and it's important for us. So just for a reminder for our listeners who maybe haven't listened to the first episode or are unfamiliar with Ultimate, how many players are on the field at one time? Seven. Seven at a time. Seven and seven. We, uh, one of the strategies is we split into offensive and defensive lines where we have guys who are you know pretty much we want them to score every time where they can build a lot of chemistry, who are very skilled at offense. You know, that's that means they have all their throws. They know where each other they're going to be in their cuts. Um, and fast that, and can jump really high. And, <laughs> and so they're on the offensive line. And then the defense um, is usually the ones who are more adept at, obviously, defense, defensive positioning, um, you know, knowing what their opponents are going to do, and then trying to get breaks, which is when they get the D and then score for us. So would you guys say that you're a pretty deep team then? If it's seven guys, do you have a, uh, a bench that you can go to and feel confident when your maybe starting players need a break? We're getting there. Yeah. It, I think we got more than 14. <laughs> yeah, so there's still, there are still pieces, like myself included, that are still relatively new to the high level of competition. So it, we're still working ourselves in. But I think generally... When you look at especially some of the other teams around us that are kind of more top heavy, we're set up very well. Yeah, like Eastern Prince, Michigan specifically yeah. has like probably the top two players in the entire region. Yeah, and then there's like a little bit of a drop off, and hopefully we don't have something like that. Yeah, yeah. So, I, I think it's kind of a product of how the team has been set up. Uh, in the past, you know, the past time we went to nationals, they had only taken like four or five rookies. And then they graduated everybody, pretty much. And so we've had two years of just bringing in tons of rookies. And so we don't have these guys who have played for four years who are obviously, you know, they are the ones who are going to be playing, and then the rookies are going to sit for two years, and then they'll get to play. 
our rookies are getting thrust into the spotlight right away. They're getting playing time right away and uh, making an immediate impact, which is good to see. Great. So looking ahead, obviously you got the shy invite, Chicago invite this weekend, and then you have your sectional tournament after that, and hopefully, depending on your performance, regionals and then nationals. When are your sectional tournament, and where is that going to be? It's Great April question. April 12th? The weekend of April 12th, I think. We have one that week, sounds right. We have one weekend off in between Shy Invite and sectionals. Yeah. And then sectionals are in Kalamazoo. They are in Kalamazoo. Mm-hmm. And then if we do well, regionals Is are, the weekend before finals. Which is always the case. Which mm-hmm. And then sucks. that would be actually the same site exactly as Chicago Invite. Yep. Is it? Is it? It yeah. is. Okay. It's the same fields. Wait, are they in Naperville this year? Or Chicago? Invite? I believe they are. In, okay, they yeah. are, yeah. I don't... Okay. Naperville? Naper, mm-hmm. Naperville. Nah. <laughs> so it looks like then you would have sectionals in Kalamazoo the weekend of Saturday, April 12th, and Sunday the 13th. Mm-hmm. And then regionals would be Saturday the 26th and Sunday the 27th in Chicago. Yeah, Chicago neighborhood, somewhere in there. Yep. Yep. Right. <clears throat> what are the matchups you're looking for and that you really need in order to secure your bid to regionals and hopefully to nationals? Well, to regionals... Um, or to get to regionals, a lot of the teams in our section make it. I believe there's only there'll only be one team that doesn't get to go. So yeah, it's what four bids. It's it mm. will, it's usually four bids unless Western doesn't play <laughs> ten games again. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so we're, ex- we're expecting to go to regionals. It shouldn't be too much of a problem. At, at sectionals, you know. Pretty much what you look for is the seeding at yeah. uh, regionals. Yeah. Pretty much the number, the person who wins sectionals gets the number one seed to our region, which is pretty important because they have the easiest path to the finals and regionals, which is where it all counts. Um, in I think the past like five or six years, uh, the finals of sectionals have always been Michigan, Michigan State, and uh, they got they won for the first time in four years. Uh, Last year, they beat us in the finals. So this year we're looking for some revenge. Yeah, but I mean Michigan, Michigan just played their asses off yeah. at which one of the biggest tournaments this past weekend at Eastern. So if not they're the really biggest, good. And then biggest, yeah. Eastern is also like Josh said, they have probably the two best players in the region or in the in the region. I would say I would, I would say, say in the, the region. 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 Yeah, yeah. And so like. I mean, they don't have as much depth, but they're still really good. <laughs> they're very top heavy. So, only really those are the two teams that we're kind of looking to knock down because we're we're an underdog at this point. And then in our region, we also have to deal with uh, Illinois and Northwestern. Are both two yeah. very talented teams. Northwestern made some big moves at a tournament earlier in the year called the Florida, Florida Warm Up Affair, and uh, Illinois was actually just at Easterns as well. They didn't do very well they but they still game. fought very I mean, valiantly just getting there and they're, yeah and they're all there's always going to be a tough out they um do they beat us last year in region? yeah they they beat us in the semifinals of regional yeah. they came back from after 10 we were to up 10 six yeah that's fun <laughs> um so that was a pretty disappointing effort illinois is always a very strong team uh i don't think you can understate how big of a weekend michigan just had yeah, Easterns. So Easterns well. is probably the best collection of talent you see all year, other than nationals. And by winning that, they hopefully will be. They'll, be in the they'll move high enough in the rankings. Yeah. They'll, they'll we up. might get two bids. We sure. will definitely get. So everyone's been kind of, you know, been on the Great Lakes region. That's our region. 
be saying that you know it's not as talented as all the other ones, but yeah, in the a, end, yeah. we're actually probably gonna end up getting two bids to nationals. We might even get three. Yeah. Three. That'd be a stretch. That's a stretch. Um, have it like even though it's, it's a stretch. I mean, it's a lot of competition for us, but I'm really happy the way Michigan, Illinois, and Northwestern have done, and even Eastern because <laughs> last year we were the Great Lakes was probably looked at as the worst region. <laughs> Maybe one of the worst regions. We were the only region last year to not have a team within the top 20, but each region is guaranteed at least one. So that was the case last year. And then this year, yeah, we're looking at two and maybe even three, depending how well Eastern does. I think think that uh, it actually goes along with the mass exodus. You had a really good Michigan State team two years ago. Uh, a really top-heavy, you know, Illinois team and a, a Michigan team who all graduated. They actually got two bids to nationals that year. Which didn't Michigan State finish at twenty-first that year? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. that close to getting that three. close to getting three bids. Mm-hmm. So then I think all of the teams kind of took a step back to rebuild, and uh, now you see Michigan doing really well, Eastern still doing well, and uh, Illinois not so much, but Northwestern has risen up too. So the region is looking strong. Great, and I have all the confidence in you guys, and we're going to take a break here in just a moment, but I'll get a, a gauge from you guys on what you're expecting. You say two, possibly three, but most likely two bids to national. You think that's going to be Burning Couch and Michigan? I think that uh, it's We'd have be, to bring our A game. We, we <laughs> have to bring our A game. <laughs> we definitely have a chance with two two bids, I think. it'll. We'll have to definitely be playing our best, for sure. Because there are legitimately five maybe even six teams competing for one yeah. two spots, for two spots. Yeah. it's crazy it's uh looking at us in the season we've had moments where we can play with that everyone it's just extending that and using it for a full game you know we we are very often a streaky team where we will compete with the best teams that we play and then we will play down to others so it's it's just the matter of keeping our a game and Keeping our composure. Yeah, keeping our composure. Real good. So you guys are in control of your own destiny. If you win, you stay alive, and I wish you guys the best of luck in your season. And we'll be right back with some more fun stuff from Men's Ultimate Frisbee, Burning Couch. Stay with us. Secret Society. Secret, Society. Secret Society. All right, welcome back. We're back here at Secret Society, episode six with Burning Couch. And we wanted to extend some thoughts to the University of Carleton, who experienced a tragedy this past month with their ultimate Frisbee team. Carleton, a traditional powerhouse in the world of ultimate Frisbee. Five of their players were in a car accident, and and three of them were killed and it was a very very tragic moment in the world of ultimate you could see it all over twitter all over the social media thoughts and prayers extended to carlton and their ultimate team and their university josh uh i understand you were connected to some of those players a little bit you want to tell us about yeah um one of my very close friends gil eisbrook uh is at carlton and he plays not for uh, Carlton Ultimate Team or Cut, which is their A team, but he plays for the Gods of Plastic, which is not a B team, but it's a group of players 
who sort of collectively reject the notion of like snobby elite ultimate. They're still very good. They won Division Three nationals um, two years ago, I think. But he was actually on his way to a tournament in Las Vegas. He was on the plane about to take off when he got a phone call uh, informing him of the terrible tragedy that occurred. And he uh, got off the plane, thankfully, and didn't have to fly out there just to find out that they weren't going to play. And on that same note, apparently how a group of the Carlton Ultimate Team players found out is they were actually on the plane to the Stanford Invite, which was their scheduled tournament that weekend. And when they got there, the news had made its way over, and they were just, I mean, I can't even imagine. Yeah. But I mean, none of their ultimate teams, they have five teams apparently, and all of them just couldn't do it. And um, apparently the funeral service is very touching. I know Carlton as a whole, inside and outside the ultimate community, is very close. It's a very small school, so I can't even imagine um, enduring a loss like that. And yet, even a month later, it still rings in the minds and hearts of almost every ultimate player, and we all are constantly thinking about them. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, for me, like, uh, I've never really had anyone, like, super close to me die, but, like, that really rung with me, because, I mean, driving, I mean, knowing us, driving down to any tournament, especially in the winter to spring, when there could be snow on the ground and stuff, it's very close to home, and, like, I can imagine one of our cars, like, maybe not something that bad, but something bad happening, because... Bad stuff has happened. Right. In fact, we had car trouble in West Virginia and got stuck there by hitting a boulder. So Two cars. There's a good segue. And <laughs> on our way down to high tide, we also had a car spin out and uh, another one bust a brake line. Yeah. So we just not... Hey, how, how'd, that, how'd that brake line uh, break, <laughs> Josh? How'd that happen? <laughs> um, well, we were valiantly trying to rescue another car that had spun out, done a complete 360, I think even two 360s, on the freeway in Ohio. Because and, uh, she hadn't changed the tires yeah. in years. <laughs> yeah. So there's well, no tread. She spins out. We're going to meet up with her, and I, um, I hit a U-turn, and there was hidden in the snow a nice median. And we yeah, think, it was definitely hidden. Definitely yeah. hidden, guys, right? <laughs> <laughs> and... Uh, um, so, yeah, I think uh, that might have busted something open. And so by the time we got to Orangeburg, South Carolina, it would, the car was undrivable, so we had to stop at uh, Kelvin's, and he really fixed the, fixed did a great job. If we're ever Kelvin... On Sunday. Yeah, yeah on, on a Sunday, Sunday at, at 6 p.m. We got came there, to the rescue. It was huge. But, yeah, we're no stranger to car trouble. To, so that- thankfully we're void of any serious injury. Yeah, but the the good thing about the brake line was we we didn't figure it out that it had broken until we had already stopped. So and it was warm out. It was warm out. Which nice. <laughs> so we had That's stopped important. and uh, <laughs> we tried putting more brake fluid in because we saw that it was low. We're like, oh, maybe that's the reason why it's the brakes aren't working. And then we see the big puddle under the car form, <laughs> and so we figured out it was something a lot more serious. Uh, yeah, we drove it what six. A couple miles yeah. to Kelvin's uh, with no brakes or very little brakes, which was a little scary. We formed a little convoy trying to warn other cars <laughs> to not go anywhere near us. Now, was Kelvin's a auto shop or is that somebody? Yeah, yeah just this one guy just shop. would call them and said, hey, our car's in, 
in trouble. Can you help us out? And he's like, oh, we're closed, but yeah. <laughs> so he, he came, he drove, and he put a new cash. brake line in, and it's still working well today. So, yeah, it was a lifesaver, big time. For the uh, West Virginia story. Yeah, that was that was scary. That, that was, was scary. actually very scary. Yeah. Uh, we were on our way back from Queen City, which was in Charlotte, North Carolina, and uh, we're driving. We get to... West Virginia, and it's probably, I don't know, one in the morning at this point. Somewhere Maybe not that late. No, late. no, it was more, I think it was more around 10. Okay, so. so it wasn't that late. Um, But it was definitely dark, and it yeah. started to snow, and uh, pitch black in the mountains, and... Uh, well, okay, so I'm, I'm in a car with uh, a guy named Eric. He was driving, and basically I was awake... Um, the guy in the passenger seat, Sam, was awake, and Mo, next to me, was asleep. And me, Eric, and Sam were all just talking, you know, listening to music. And then all of a sudden, we see, uh, so, like, I think it was either it was either a tow truck or a police car had his lights going on. And then another police car was next to us, beside us, and he he was had his lights on going to where they were. And we were like, oh, well, someone must have just, just gotten pulled over. Like, why? We were just like, why are there two cops coming for that? That's kind of weird. And then all of a sudden, I see, um, like, directly almost in front of me, just the, 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 the police car's left tire just, like, basically just come, like, straight up and just, like, completely bust. And then all of a sudden, the next thing we know, we're in the air, and we hit a boulder. It went, like, directly under our car. Basically, the boulder was in the left lane. The cop hit it over our lane. We went over it, and then... Max came behind us. <laughs> a couple uh, minutes later, which was a crazy coincidence, I, I was driving, and I saw um, cop car lights flashing in the leftmost lane. So I decided to shift over to the middle lane because I didn't want to obviously interrupt any business that they were doing. And as I'm shifting, uh, my right tire hits a boulder. The boulder, I don't know if it's the same boulder, yeah, but... Yeah, you know, it demolishes that tire, and so I had to, we were both stopped on the side of the road. It was actually, like, 15 minutes before we realized we were both stopped on the side of the road. Yeah, it was, it was really a crazy funny, coincidence. because some, the police people that came and talked to us, is like, do you guys know those people back there? Because they seem like they're the same group as you, and sure enough, they come running up to our car, like, what the hell? <laughs> <laughs> it was like, it was pretty crazy. It was a it was a bittersweet moment because I was happy that they were there, but I wasn't happy that we were stuck in West Virginia for the night. That's I, that's <laughs> one thing I wasn't happy right. about. Uh, and I you know, talk tow about trucks that showed too. up, and uh, you know we were all on the side of the road. Some guys came. They told us they would. The nearest city that we could get anything fixed was Charleston, West Virginia, which was about I don't know, it was like fifteen twenty. Yeah, so, I th- a little I bit more. I think it was more like twenty five miles away. They got a ride back on uh, with the uh, random dude yeah <laughs> from the towing company and then uh we put a spare on the car that we were driving and uh drove it back to charleston which probably wasn't the safest thing in the world but uh we made it work we stayed in a motel that night you know mike's is bittersweet because we were all together you know it was a terrible situation uh, to be in because we have you know pretty much wrecked cars. At the same time, I think it was actually kind of a bonding moment yeah, for the people was, that were there. Yeah, it was a lot there. of fun. We had a lot of fun. No alcohol involved. 
Just so you know, none whatsoever. I don't believe you for even a second. No, none. None at all. I follow you guys on Twitter. So. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, what but, came out of that is a uh, newfound love for John Denver. Yeah. John Denver. Yeah. God. I hate bounce John it. <laughs> bounce some bounce it. I read that uh, four cars total. Yeah. Hit by well, that boulder. I don't know if that's or counting the police car boulder. too. Because I think yeah, was, the police car was gone. Like that was the worst I think out of all of us. Yeah, but. but. Eric's Luckily, was everyone was okay. Eric, who was driving the other car, got a little bit of a burn from the uh, airbag. airbag. And, but I think that's the only real uh, injury that we sustained from that. So we were very lucky. And was there any bonding going on with... Didn't you hook up with some Ultimate players from Virginia while you were there? Or was it just you guys went to your motel and had a little extended vacation because of the car trouble it's a great question mike do do we know did well, anything happen no, like i said no alcohol was involved but there wasn't i don't think th- there wasn't no virginia ultimate teams although no. we would have loved to have them we we actually at high tide we met yeah. uh a lot of other ultimate teams and created a fast friendship with uh university mary of mary washington university out of mary virginia washington. so shouts out to what is it mom Mother, shouts mom. out to mom yeah, mom yeah, that stands like for Mom. Mother of Mary. Uh, they, uh, we actually played them at High Tide, and my first thought was that they were all shoobies. Yeah, uh, shoobies, <laughs> man. Because they, you know, High Tide isn't exactly the place where you go to try hard. And at first, I think they were trying a little bit too hard, and then we kind of ridiculed them enough that they get, got down to our level <laughs> yeah. and started playing like us. And I think that our halftime dance party was really what brought the teams together. Yeah. Who's, I'd agree. I'd agree. So if you guys had a halftime dance party, I have to ask, of the four of you, who's the best dancer? Mike Giles. Yeah, dude. <laughs> yeah, dude. Mike Giles. <laughs> Absolutely. Although, DJ although and if, best if, dancer. If Vince was here, who is our resident German expert from <laughs> Germany, who's, leave, who's leaving next week, which is sad, yeah. but he is a very good dancer, and he loves to dance and have a good time, so... It was a lot of fun, though. Spring break was a lot of fun. After meeting them at the fields, we invited them over for our house uh, to party, and it was great. Yeah. It might have been the best party I had maybe, ever been to. Maybe yeah. a little bit too great. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> we got yeah, a little bit. Just say we didn't get our security deposit back. <laughs> Hopefully the landlords aren't listening to this. <laughs> they know who we are. But. We had a cards party. We played cards. They went home at 9. It was great. Yep. Chips and dip. <laughs> we yeah. actually, pizza, true story. Pizza true, and pop. True story. Pizza we did a 1,000 word puzzle without looking at the box. A 1,000 word puzzle. A 1,000 piece puzzle. <laughs> Excuse <laughs> me. 1,000 piece it, puzzle. It didn't count because we didn't finish. We were missing two we, pieces. We, yeah, we had 998 pieces. So it down. didn't exist. It didn't count. But that was. They should give us the security deposit back because <laughs> <laughs> those two pieces were missing. Now, while we're on the topic of your guys' relationship with other teams, we touched on in the first episode, you guys kind of developed a Twitter friendship with Auburn because of the football thing that was going on and they needed us to win, and um, you guys had some back and forth there. You did finally meet them? Yeah, we met them at Eastern's Qualifier very briefly. They were on oh, the fields that, that we were going to, um, and I think somebody pointed out their Twitter guy to me or me to their Twitter guy. They said guy with a mustache, um, and uh, I met him because I handle the Twitter for our team mostly. 
And so that was a pretty cool thing to meet them. I'm pretty sad we didn't get to play because I think that would have been fun. Yeah, They're also very Southern. Very Southern. (laughs) How'd that all go down? It was like, oh, you're on Twitter too? Oh, yeah, cool. (laughs) (laughs) It is interesting with with club sports, and I've come to notice with the other teams I've talked to, uh, Twitter and social media is how they stay connected. They're able to find you. Um, I had Ski Club on uh, for the most recent episode, and... Their Twitter is just ridiculous. Very similar to yours in a, in a sense where you get the social aspect as well as the um, competitive aspects. You, you post your score updates. You live tweet the games and what's happening. But you also get some fun stuff. I was able to pull up a couple funny uh, tweets since the, the episode on February 15th. Um, another, speaking of so- social media, uh, you guys are using Snapchat to communicate with other teams as well uh there's the news group for uh the gulf coast sectionals uh asked for our snapchat and so i just gave him mine and sent him some weird snaps from the team um and so he occasionally gets them and i think he posted a couple on their page too which was pretty funny some had to come down but not for not for alcoholic reasons just because they, they, we just didn't want them up there. That's, <laughs> all, we, that's all it was. Just, yeah. um, our Twitter is really important for staying in touch with alumni. Uh, a lot of alumni and a lot of family look for those score updates because obviously we're not having games televised or anything like that. So families and alumni can keep track of the team by our Twitter updates. So that's very important for us. And I think that might be the reason that we got a lot of views on the last podcast. The the alumni from Ultimate are very invested in the current team always. So they want to see how we're doing. So when we post, you know, a podcast describing how we're doing and recent news for us, they all want to listen. They all want to find out. That's great. I also remember, I'm reminiscing from the first time I guys met you. It was my first podcast. And very, very cool thing that you guys do with your club is you assign animal names to all of your players and i'm just curious have you guys do you guys have animal names is that how a lot of you guys are known and addressed is that sort of your i actually three of us do yeah i don't (laughs) have one yet because actually i the chicago invite will be my first tournament with couch i unfortunately wasn't unable to make uh eastern's qualifiers and queen city i wasn't really playing with couch yet but uh aton is the bullfrog and Max is the Dalmatian, you know that. And Mike I'm the, I'm the is, meerkat. Is the meerkat. The meerkat. But uh, yeah, we'll see. I I don't know. I'm really looking for. Ever since I heard, um, as a freshman at tryouts, the returners introduce themselves at animal names. I've been looking forward to eventually getting one of my own, and hopefully it'll be something really cool and not lame. Or lame. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe. We don't really use them though. Yeah, uh, I, th- I think that we use them a little bit less than past teams did i think we still use them um sometimes in like on the field situations whereas you might say you know bullfrog hot or you know meerkat go deep something like that because the teams uh that we play against a lot you know at regionals or sectionals will know our names so that's a way to catch them by surprise a little bit but you know there are guys who are alumni who are pretty much only known by their animal names and i don't think we really have that yet i want to bring it back yeah there, I mean, I have uh, a couple of like, guys on the team that I'm closer with. Sometimes they'll call me Meerkat, but for the most part, I get called by my last name. So, 
So Giles, and it's, it sounds like you have a nickname too, A Town. Does that? Did I hear that? Mm, no. That's just a mispronunciation. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> okay, I thought I, from what it sounded like, it sounded like Josh said A Town is the A Town. Yeah. That's actually New a funny nickname. story. I thought I thought that that was his name my freshman year when somebody introduced like A-town said that's A Town. I was like A Town. <laughs> and I thought that for a couple we got, months. We got a new nickname. Thanks, man. <laughs> <laughs> Feel free to use that. And if, when you do come up with an animal name for Josh, uh, let us know too, so we can we can blast it out to the world that yeah. Yeah. he finally has Some, been, something like, like the Viper, <laughs> the probably, Thunder Dragon. It's probably not going to be that I, cool. I might have found my warthog. The Timon and Pumbaa. Timon and Pumbaa. We have a hog. Yeah. But that not a that's no <laughs> not, no no not the same at all. Who's the hog? Dan. Dan. Oh, yeah. I don't know that. Dan Hog. Yeah, Dan hog. EQ. No one Wasn't wants it to be EQ? a Dan Hog. Yeah. Right. Uh, I think it was actually at Queen City. Oh, okay. So, so it shows how much I know. <laughs> Yikes. <laughs> okay, guys. So we'll get ready to wrap it up here, but I want to give you guys a chance to to tell us a little bit more about Ultimate. If there's anything that we haven't touched on that you really want to talk about with your experience with Ultimate, any stories you have, or any um, things you're looking forward to. I know you got three big tournaments, two, possibly three big tournaments coming up in the remainder of the season, and we're looking forward to following your team and seeing what you guys have to have to show on the field and hopefully you can bring home a, a championship for Michigan State. I... Uh... I mean, I can tell a story or two, and then I also have one more thing. Firstly, uh, from High Tide, one of my things that I think I'll always remember, we were playing an MSU versus MSU game because we split up into two squads, and uh, my girlfriend decided to mark up on me. And so uh, I had like caught the disc over her head, so she was behind me. And uh, since I had no one in front of me, I decided to just throw it, pretty much as long as I could to one of our other players. And as I was winding up, she jumped in front, and I ended up clocking her in the face, giving her a black eye, oh, no. um, and injuring my wrist slightly. I think I kind of sprained my wrist. Um, and uh, so I think she like pretty much instantly was in tears. And before anything else, I was like taking her off the field to go to the trainers. Uh, I think the guy still caught it, though in the end zone for the score and the best thing the best thing though was he also caught it over a girl so (laughs) it was like a a a double did he tell him did he tell her that he was better than her though i think so i think he wiped the disc on her as well that's good it's healthy that just goes to show domestic violence is never the (laughs) the worst part about that has to be you have to then go on dates with her and she has a black eye and get weird looks from people yeah, well, the actually the dirtiest look I got was we asked the trainer for some ice for her, for her eye, and then we started walking away, and I was like, ah, oh, my wrist kind of hurts. So I went back to the trainer, and I was like, can I have some ice for my wrist? <laughs> and she gave me the dirtiest <laughs> look in the world. Um, but I think the ultimate takeaway and what I want listeners to know about is the community in Ultimate. I mean, we mentioned it with Carlton. Um, you know, all of our hearts go out there. But it's such a tight community wherever you go. I mean, we've demonstrated that, you know, over Twitter, at High Tide. Um, And at Michigan State, you know, it's uh, the best community I've ever been a part of. And if you want to join it and if you want to see what it's like, you know, feel free to come to our practices, email one of the, you know, players or 
one of the captains and find out as much as you can because we are always welcoming new people into the community. And Aiton and Josh, who had played in high school, what was it like transitioning from playing on a high school team, kind of knowing about what Ultimate's like, and now coming playing for Michigan State? It's a lot faster pace, obviously. Um, back in high school, we had no organization, really. We just were just like seven guys just running around, just like doing whatever we felt like doing and just having fun. Whereas now we see like, you know, an organized offense, you know, like our stacks and whatnot. We have an organized defense, yeah, just more organization overall. Um, it was a very rude awakening. Uh, going Josh playing... thought he was hot stuff. Yeah, oh, absolutely. <laughs> I playing like we we played a lot my senior year. We started off very poorly, and then we added a six nine phenom, and we got very good. Plays for Michigan, by yeah. the way. And uh, so at the end of the year, I was like, "Wow, we got pretty good." And then I come That's to Michigan college. State, and I was at the bottom of the totem pole, man. <laughs> it was rough, but. It just, then you keep working, you stick with it, and you never give up hope. You keep working hard, and eventually it pays off. So it was a, it was a really big adjustment, but it, it knocked me down, which was necessary, I think. I would say it's an advantage. Uh, we definitely, or Josh and yeah, I got to, got to learn the game beforehand. So we, when we came in as freshmen, we weren't, we weren't so lost. We weren't lost in the crowd. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, we weren't, I guess we weren't coming from, ground zero we at least had something so it gave us a little bit of an advantage but clearly in in my case it wasn't wasn't nearly enough well i think you look at it and all four guys here started out on the b team which shows that you know we weren't good enough at the start but then we worked hard and we made it on the a team and so i think that's really good to see in our community Mm -hmm. Very good. Giles, you got any last thoughts? Yeah, so I guess um, kind of to reiterate on Max's stories and, like, the whole idea that, like, the ultimate community is super accepting for the most part. I mean, we have we have our bad eggs every once in a while. But uh, so it was also on spring break. And um, this Christmas I got a speaker that I was planning to bring for uh, the sidelines at, at our ultimate tournaments. At serious ultimate tournaments, I can't really play it all the time because people will get angry because they're super competitive and stuff. But um, at High Tide, I was just playing it the whole time because it was kind of, we are just having fun. So on the last day, I was playing some soul music, some Stevie Wonder and stuff, and we were moving fields, and I had Sign Seal delivered by Stevie Wonder on. And then, so I was just kind of, I was just having fun. I was dancing on the way to the field, and then I looked behind me, and this whole, like, other team is following me and like dancing and like having a great time and I'm just like well let's go and I just keep going and it was it was just like it was really it was really awesome like because it just shows that like even if you don't know each other in the ultimate community you already kind of have that thing to get you started in a relationship with people that you've never met before I've had multiple times where I've talked to people on the field even at serious tournaments were like oh hey that guy's really cool like I would hang out with that guy if I had the chance, but obviously it doesn't work out that way. Um, but yeah, so I'm going to plug this summer. Um, I'm planning on hopefully uh, setting up a mixed team here in East Lansing. So, and it'll be, it, it's a mixed team, so that means that both men and women are playing on the same team. And any, like, 
it's going to just be for anybody pretty much. So if anyone hears this and is interested, please come out, see if you can contact me in any way. Um, yeah. Last summer we uh, had a mixed team here and it was great to see, and we didn't even mean for this to happen, but a lot of high school uh, kids who are coming, kids who were coming out of high school that were going to Michigan State played with us. And it was great to see. Uh, yeah. We have a guy on our A team, Ashton, uh, who played with us that summer, and Stunned. he got a lot better. And, you know, his friends as well. So it was good to see, like, high schoolers even coming to play with people who were in college and who'd played before. And so, you know, when Mike says anybody and everyone is welcome, you know, yeah. you don't even have to go to Michigan State. We're, this yeah. is just anybody. There's Very also nice. Summer League, too. Mm-hmm. So if you're interested in playing in the in the mixed team, then I will put something in the description of the show. And, uh, yeah. Get, Do you have enough time for one more silly story in the nature of Chicago Invite? <laughs> yeah, go ahead. All right. Um, so this is something we, talk, we were touched on earlier we wanted to bring up. So in the spirit of this upcoming tournament, um, my freshman, our freshman year, we – uh, it's sort of, I guess it's an MSU, not tradition, but to just go down to Shine Invite. And one of the players on the B team, Matt Hill, he lives relatively close to the field, so we all stayed at his house. And um, Max had a friend at Loyola Chicago, and she was like, oh, you guys should come hang out with us. Come on, like, come to the city. It'll be fine. I was um, practically in love with that girl, too, so I wasn't going to say no. Right. And so Max is like, all right, we need to go. And so Max... Uh, Andrew Tang, Nate Body, and Sam Reinders are like, yeah, let's all go. And they're trying to get me to go, and I'm, ah, I got work, I can't, I need to stay here. And a couple of guys on the team volunteered to do my homework for me, and of course they <laughs> didn't end up doing it. But we we get to Loyola, and we create fake names for the four of us outside of Max. <laughs> I didn't know that. Yeah, and I was I was live tweeting the whole time under the ha- with the hashtag. Uh, hashtag let's get max laid <laughs> so that was our uh, that was our mo um so we get to loyola we meet up with this girl and her friends and we're having a good time and it's getting pretty late and then w- someone's like oh we should go into the city and that's a great idea i guess at the time <laughs> so we're waiting to get on the red line we get on the red line we go into the city it's really cool um and then at one point nate Who's a captain uh, now? Yeah, who's, who's currently a captain. Um, he, to, to put it frankly, he disappeared. He ran off. <laughs> with a girl. With a girl, with no car phone, keys. and the car keys. So there's no way to get in contact with him. And we're frantically looking for Nate. It becomes like 4 in the morning, 4.30 in the morning. We finally somehow managed to get in touch with them. How did you? At like I have no idea. So what I think what happened was the girl uh, was coherent enough to maybe find a payphone and then remembered one of her friend's numbers okay. and then called them to tell them where they were. <laughs> so we but met this up- was after at least like two hours of looking for them in downtown Chicago, yeah. thinking that we would never see them again. <laughs> so we much. finally meet up with them. It's 5 in the morning, and Nate is just like, why didn't you come pick me up? <laughs> at this point, I was livid. I'm like, Nate, you have the car keys in your pocket. He takes them out, and he just goes... Oops. <laughs> so we get in the car. We finally get back to Matt's. It's like 6 in the morning. Our games on Saturday are at... Well, that was on like, Friday? No. It was, no, was it Saturday? It was Friday. Saturday, Saturday night. night. So our games on Sunday are at 9.30 or however early. And we get back. It's already bright out. And we wake up Matt's parents. And Matt apparently goes, 
um, if you guys had come back like at any other time, we would have kept you locked out of the house. So we, <laughs> we get an hour and a half of sleep. We get up, we go to the fields, and uh, that was uh, definitely something from Chicago Invite that I will never forget and hopefully never have to experience. <laughs> <laughs> wow, that's a great story, guys. Yeah. And I really appreciate you coming on. I'd love to have you guys continue to come on the show yeah. as, as we progress here at Secret Society. The tradition here is we end the show with everybody going around and sharing their favorite MSU sports moment. So, Josh, do you have one for us? Absolutely. Um, I was fortunate enough to attend the Rose Bowl, and that was an unbelievable experience just to soak it all in, to be in Pasadena, see the parade, and thankfully to see a Spartan victory. That was absolutely my favorite moment. Excellent, excellent game. Can't can't beat that. Mm-hmm. Aton? I would have to... Oh, that's hard for me. I don't... He's a Michigan fan. No, well, well, sort of both, but I'm not into the whole college sports scene all that much. It can be an ultimate moment, but, too. But um, wasn't there, like, a blocked punt, uh, Michigan State versus Wisconsin? Oh, yeah, I remember that. That was really hype. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I like that Good one. Good blocked punt. Great blocked punt. <laughs> hey, celebrate uh, special teams. Set, set up a big play of some sort. Yeah, sports. <laughs> I like it. I like it. Giles? Uh, I like when the Spartans do the thing and score the points. <laughs> <laughs> Giles is really sporty. I yeah. can tell. Actually, no. Uh, my favorite moment was in Ultimate. Uh, freshman year at Chicago Invite, uh, the seniors and some of the captains, they gave out a disc for the best rookie, and they gave it to me. And I was just like, I wasn't expecting it at all, and I was like really touched by that. And that's kind of what set me, like, I'm going to like be in this for a while, like kind of thing. Basically like the so. best player. Very nice. I've heard one of yours before, Max. Do you have another one that you'd like to share? I have so many. I know. Uh, my birthday was the, or my birthday a couple years ago, September 18th, was uh, the day, uh, the game against Notre Dame where it went over time and there was uh, Little Giants. So that was wow. my birthday. I was at the 50-yard line at that game. Um, so that was a pretty great birthday present. Uh, yeah, wow. Um, so that was a great game. And then, uh, for ultimate moments, you know, I think one of the best MSU moments I've had, uh, going back to the community was when I was accepted even before I was even at Michigan State. Uh, I got to play with, during the summer before my freshman year with the team and with the guys at Motown Throwdown over the summer. And it was just a lot of fun. They instantly accepted me even though I was terrible. And, uh, so that really set me up for MSU Ultimate. That got me into it. Very nice. And anybody listening who's thinking about playing Ultimate, you can have that experience this summer, uh, as was mentioned before. Bob Marlin. It's <laughs> <laughs> the name of the team, Bob Marlin. Mark it down. <laughs> the reason he's so into Bob Marlin is because a couple of the guys got these shirts at wearing high right tide. Now. <laughs> he's wearing it right now. They say Bob Marlin Bob on Marlin. it. It has a Rastafarian fish on I it. I like so. it. It looks great. If we have enough people, we'll have a B team called Stevie Walrus. So. <laughs> or Koala West. Uh, Koala West is good too. <laughs> Very That's nice. a possibility. All right, again, thank you guys for coming on the show. Thanks I want to get some secrets, yeah, us. some secrets from you guys if you want to share them. Um, I'm a little worried about the appropriateness, but <laughs> I trust you guys. Uh, I heard one from Max also, but you got another secret you want to share? Yes, I secretly believe that my wrist injury was a bigger deal than my girlfriend's black eye at high tide. <laughs> uh, that, yeah, that uh, was perfect. So I have kind of a back problem right now, and it might have been because just I was 
I threw a little bit too many hammers, I think, over spring break, <laughs> so that might be why the back issue happened, but I'm not sure. It's not for sure. It definitely wasn't dubs. What's a hammer yeah. throw? For a hammer throw? <laughs> I, I take a hammer. So I, I go into my toolbox, I get a hammer out, and then I, I throw the disc up, and then I hit the ham, hit the disc with the hammer, and that's a hammer throw. Okay. Yeah. You can take everything that he says with a grain of salt. <laughs> no, you know, that's truth, though. <laughs> just for future moments. Um, Aton? Actually, yeah, I just found this out this weekend. Um, if we make it to nationals, I uh, I don't think I'll be able to attend. Ooh, that's oh, no. my secret. Got that strict job. That's <laughs> <laughs> job. Shuby. You'll be there in spirit, though. Yeah. Right? Shuby. Um, and I guess... Best for last. Uh, so at high tide, we had to cram 19 guys into a house with four beds. <laughs> and so the rule was if you drove or it, well, if you drove, you got a bed spot. And then we did it by age and seniority. And so the way it worked out, Max and I shared a bed. It was a nice large bed. It was really spacious. <laughs> so spacious, in fact, that Renee, his girlfriend, slept over every single night. There you go. And we had domestic issues over spring blanket, which was the blanket on the bed. And to this day, I still wish I had spent more time with spring blanket. Spring blanket forever. Spring blanket forever. Thank you guys so much for coming on, and thank you for listening. This has been Secret Society Episode 6 for MSU Impact Sports with Bernie Couch. And, yeah, thanks a lot, guys. No problem. Secret society. Secret society. Secret society. Hey, get hyped, man.